fellas, I'm Brian. And I'm Brad. And Brad, what is the movie for today? Uh, today is the 2022 American uh, comedy horror film, The Menu. I guess I should have asked this beforehand, but is this a spoiler-free review or are we just going straight into spoilers? <laughs> um, this movie, we can do like a, a three-second spoiler-free and then we'll just jump into spoilers. Um, in case you haven't seen this movie, this movie is available on streaming services such as... HBO Max. HBO Max, yeah. I watched it a lot because whatever day this is publishing on, I'm trying for Monday the 30th of January. There's also going to be a YouTube video, a video essay about it. So check the synergy link. Remembering to say it at the beginning of the video. (laughs) Uh, That was it. Everybody loves everybody (laughs) loves synergy. Um. So this movie is on streaming. Um, it is still in theaters if you wanted to see it in, on a big screen. Um, I don't think this is a movie that necessarily you need to see on a big screen. Um, I don't think this is a movie that you really need to see. It's a good movie. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I don't want to bury the lead here, but um, it's just not a action packed, you know, bunch of like uh, cool effects kind of movie. Yeah, it is a very straightforward movie. It takes place in basically one location. Um, one main stage and then there's um they did some shooting outside of that one area but it mainly takes place at one place yeah um so this is the movie that you could probably watch you could probably buy on blu-ray and you'll probably never need a 4k version of this ever um, <laughs> but it but not to bear the lead um it is a very good movie um it did it is nominated for a bunch of awards at this point i don't know if it's won too many of them yet but it has definitely been nominated for quite a few awards so yeah, it is very visually beautiful, and I guess I can say this. If you've seen Tar, and like Tar is on one of those Olympic uh, like the medalist stands, Tar is getting the gold. Menu is getting like the silver Like this year. I feel like they're very close vibes, um, in, but offer different stories. So if you've seen Tar and loved it and want something that's like almost as satisfying and this is a very satisfying movie i don't want to insult this by saying <laughs> you'll like it if you if you lower your expectations yeah. a little bit compared to an yeah but i saw both i think in the same week and i was like oh shit this is a this is a nice double feature yeah um this movie i think was only about 90 minutes or so give or take yeah 106 minutes is what the wikipedia says here so it's a it's a fairly short movie. I mean it's it's not going to take not going to take you all day. This isn't um, Lawrence of Arabia, Ben Hur type of movie. It is or, more of a quick sit down or run, the whale run and go. for Brad. <laughs> Did it cut out? Uh, you cut out. I just heard poor Brad at the end of that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, and it's not the whale for Brad. <laughs> and by that, I yeah. mean a movie of similar length that you'll probably need to pause and walk away from and take a breath. Uh, yeah. Um, it Based on the photos and the little bit of ads that I saw for it, I didn't expect it to be um, such a dark movie. Um, I expected, you know, some suspense, but not necessarily horror. Um, so, yeah. I would say overall, this is a, it's a fairly good movie. Anything you want to say what, to it before we start to head head towards spoiler section, spoiler land? Yeah, let's just go into spoilers with my with this question. What trailers did you see? Because the one I saw showed like the men running. I think one person, maybe the guy getting his finger cut off. So there were there were elements that made it seem like a horror movie to me beforehand. But what kind of trailers did you see? Gave off I don't remember team. seeing a trailer. Um, wow. I did see an ad for it that was like uh, five seconds, and it was just kind of them. It was kind of like a pan through the kitchen, um, <laughs> and then like the the um, the poster for it with uh, Ray Fiennes and everybody standing, kind of stacked Marvel style. Um, but yeah, I, don't, I didn't really see a super like a t- actual trailer for it. Yeah, I just saw it? like a five, one of those like five second Facebook ads that. You know, real quick, just enough to pull your attention. That sounds so silly, like a serious Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> like, yeah, that's kind of what it felt like. It kind of felt like a movie that, like, 
you know, I was, ex- I didn't know what to expect. I was kind of expecting something like serious, but like kind of a, like a satire ish based on like, um, all the cooking shows is kind of what I expected knowing that Ray Fiennes can be very, very serious and then very, very quirky in the same minute. <laughs> um, like in the movie reviewed, um, I was trying to buy myself some time to figure out what movie that was that we reviewed with Ray Fiennes and, um, the hotel. Oh, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. The, the grand Budapest hotel, grand, grand Budapest hotel. Got it. First try. Didn't even have to think about it. (laughs) Um, yeah. So I was expecting something similar to like that kind of vibe where something happens. It's serious, but at the same time, like, ah, whatever. And he just like, it's quirky. (laughs) Yeah. Quirky. Definitely quirky. Wow. So So that's what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting like, a actual um murder plot and everything to go on i wasn't expecting all that but i started to feel it as i was watching the movie that the tension was starting to rise yeah then you could feel that something just wasn't quite right with the whole situation and our main character that we follow um she also kind of felt that too and then we find out why she's kind of in the why she's kind of um in the this isn't right kind of yeah. yeah um margaret which I think her real name was something else. Uh, uh, we know her as Margaret through ninety percent of the movie. Mar- Margot. Margot. J- just, yeah, but it was something. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was she, her real name was something else. Aaron. Yeah. So, and she's from Massachusetts, um, I think. Yeah, not Margaret or Margot from Arkansas or something like that, Nebraska, somewhere in the middle. Something. Like sorry that. for people. Sorry, people in the flyover states. Um. It's not my fault. Your state is boring and flat. Jesus Christ. I was like, well, I don't know how someone brain farting can insult, can, <laughs> can, can hurt someone's feelings. And they're just like, fuck you. Yeah. It's not my fault. My governor wants to ban schools from kids. <laughs> well, I'm so, oh, are you, is it the Florida thing? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> in, in five years, they won't be teaching classes. Well, they'll, it'll just be a daycare. I hope if anyone did have a reaction to that, it was like, uh, what? I'm not insulted. Oh, wait, what the fuck you? Oh, you're in Florida? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Yeah. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a Florida man wants to insult me. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I was expecting, yeah, more of that, not so much, you know. The the first big scene, uh, I think, was the was it the fingers first, or was it the guy that well, decided to unalive himself? No, that, that was, was what, that what was, was like the first. Deep, that was deep in. So the first, well, the first scene is Margot smoking on the dock. But what do you mean by the big scene? Like the stuff that makes people the, fir- the first, the first, yeah, the first thing that really like turned this into a into a horror movie. I think it, it started with the. Uh, laser engraved tacos, the tortillas, and oh, yep, with and everybody's then, like secrets on it. Yeah, and then the old guy said we're leaving. Uh, and then you know there was stuff like uh, the chef was asking Margot why she wasn't eating, things like that, and him doing the, or uh, I think so. Oh, before that, he started hinting about the tacos, like put me. Lillian Bloom said to put him on the map. And he's like, what map might that be? <laughs> and there are all these little <laughs> uncomfortable breadcrumbs like, we gel. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then and then the, the, the unison clap when everybody yeah. stands up straight. And But I mean, I, I don't see that necessarily as scary. I mean, I guess you're right. The first thing is probably the, the uncomfortableness of the taco shells um, with everybody's laser engraved, like their secrets and the bank reports for the one guy from their business that they're embezzling money. The one guy was sleeping actually turns out to be, uh, Margo. Um, and the, who was actually at the dinner party, yeah. the guy that gets his finger cut off. And there was a little thing before that with, uh, with the bros, as I like to call them and Elsa, the second in command where they're asking for bread and she goes, you will eat more than you desire and less than you deserve. Like that one, I guess that's the, it's not a moment, but you're right. I think the mo the big moment is cutting off the ring finger when he 
leaves and says he'll handle it. And that, that was everyone's... the first. That was the first one. That was what kind of put everybody on edge. But then, yeah, to have the guy unalive himself to, for the rest of the dish was just kind of was kind of what what tipped me over from like, okay, this is like a serious thing to. Oh, no, no, no. This is, yeah, this is something way weirder. <laughs> yeah. And in between all that, there was like the f- hunting with the 45 second head start. And I think, well, that was towards, Sous-chef, that was oh, after. Sh- no, it wasn't. Oh, oh or oh, sorry. Really? I only say that because after, well, when he unalives himself, he, he's there with the, I thought that was like when, dish two or dish three. No, I, I, was rewatching it last night before doing, or two nights ago before doing my script for the videos, and I stopped at an hour, and then last night I finished it. So I'm remembering that after the hour point. Um, so like, there's that the ring cutting finger thing. Everyone freaks out. They think it's theater, maybe. Um, then sous chef Jeremy comes out. I know he shoots himself, and Tyler is just chomping at the meat or whatever, not paying attention. Or no, that was during the ring cutting, finger cutting that he wasn't paying attention. Um, and then they, the men are told to run 45 second head start and Tyler doesn't want to leave. <laughs> and all the women are like, so are we really going to die? Like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> Give me more wine. And he's like, look it <laughs> in. He's like, where's that bread? And he's eating the bread as chef uh, Slowick comes up and says, we have a, and then he makes him cook and we don't see him again, except for his feet hanging. When Margo sees him to go get the barrel, and that's in like the last thirty minutes or something. Yeah, well, because she goes gets the barrel, um, tries to call for help. The Coast Guard comes. It's actually a setup because he knew he he would do that or she would do that. So it was just a Coast Guard that had a a gun, which was actually a lighter. Yeah. Dude, um, that scene was wild. When he's like, I was totally. Tell me if you were like this. When he starts pointing it at Margo, I was fully like, ah, what the fuck is this? Like, I, I've never seen Twin Peaks, but I was like, this is getting weird. Like, yeah, I was, this? I was a little, it was weird. Um, but at the same time, I was like, this is, I know this, this isn't the end. This isn't how this movie ends. I was like, there's an, at least another twist. So I was expecting something, but I wasn't expecting. You know him to be in on the gag. I was expecting him to like get, get overrun. Yeah, yeah. especially but, by that um, guy, that waiter uh, who walks off. The Asian gentleman. He looked like he was hunting, like kind of how he was holding. Yeah, so I was they had a totally couple expecting him to come around. But <laughs> yeah, because they had them. They had guards by each one of the doors. So I was expecting some of him to them come around or something. But yeah. yeah, I wasn't expecting the lighter, and then for him just to walk off and be like, "Okay, cool." Uh, no, that um, was that was smart because it was such a s- short amount of time. Like at, at least for me, I didn't have time to be like to figure out what the reveal was going to be with the guard. Yeah. But, uh, um. So everybody has their in this movie. Everybody has their own secrets. Um. I think the guy's secret, the least like, the least bad one is the guy that was pretending to be a food critic or be- pretending to be a chef. The, the guy that brings Margo, I think that's his, the he least wasn't bad. He wasn't, oh, that's not that bad. I mean, you're on the internet pretending to be a chef and you were able to Google some chef terms and some, I mean like, but everybody else, like the one guy, okay. the one guys were embezzling money. Well, the there, movie there, star. There's also the se- secret that he brought Margo to die. <laughs> well, Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, in terms of Chef Slowick wanting to kill him, um, I got you. All right, yeah, I'll stop interrupting. No, you're good. <laughs> yeah. So outside outside of that, I guess I forgot about that part of it. But like, the whole reason the chef brought specifically him was so that way because he was pretending to be a chef online. He was like, like yeah, he. Uh, I don't know if he was presenting himself as a chef, but he kept like. He was like those um, TV shows which reveal the magician's trick, I guess. You know, like okay. this is this is how you do it. Uh, this is how that you can cut the woman in half. Um, yeah, but with chef, but with with um, how you food. can cut the chef in half. Yeah. So for like his like crime to be to originally be there isn't that bad. 
I mean, you got the movie star who's um, like sleeping with his assistant and something. There was something else between those two that was, I think, money related. Uh, she, well, at the end, before they're all about to die, she admits that she was stealing money from him and he knows that. But she was she was leaving him to become a producer. A movie or show producer. She literally doesn't even know what she's going to be producing. Yeah. But she's stealing money from him. He's sleeping with her too. Um, and he was going to fire her or something like that. Or she was going to, you know, she was going to quit. That's what it was. Yeah, she, she was going to fire her. She was, um, the regular, the regulars. Um, and they don't really have a real reason to be there outside of he's cheating on her with Margot with random, um, sex workers, I guess is the nice, the, the, the politically correct word to say that. Yeah, that one's interesting because the reason they're there is because, as far as Chef Slowick says in his speech, is because they don't actually appreciate what they're eating. They're just consuming it to consume it and because it's expensive and blah, blah, blah. And they're kind of like, it's not special to them. They're, they're not appreciating the privilege they have. Uh, but then, yeah, pairing that with you're cheating on your wife seems interesting <laughs> yeah yeah and then let's see the the three bros were all embezzling money from their company the one was a food critic that brought him up but then there's something else with her too oh uh wait lillian bloom she's with her editor ted and she she wields her power irresponsibly and and kind of one of the things that i uh was picking or noticing most was the fact that she's writing her review before the experience almost before the experience has even started well she she's describing she's writing her review in terms of describing the island but when she gets like a first dish she already starts saying like the plating is needy and blah blah it's like Sure, write some fucking notes about the plating, but eat the food. Stop stop making your <laughs> review, you know, before you've even eaten the food. Uh and I saw her the issue between them as like the person who's wielding their power irresponsibly and um and then the fan base or the people that enable them and kind of prop them up. So it, her tortillas are all the restaurants that she closed with her reviews. Her mighty pen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was thinking um, a lot of chef while, while watching this and doing like the video for it because chef had kind of that chef, I actually think the chef and the menu would be an interesting double feature where they're both have similarities, but they are <laughs> the, the energy is very different. One is positive and one is not, I don't know if nihilistic is the correct word, but it's definitely like, no, not happy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I've ever seen the chef. Oh, sit um, so, okay. So the lady that plays Lillian, her name is, uh, Janet McTeer. Mm-hmm. And she has, has an OBE, which is the uh, order of the most excellent order of the British Empire. Is so this she's real got like life a, stuff? Yes. <laughs> so it, it's it's I think it's like one step below being knighted, I think is kind of the, how it goes. <laughs> because you can a lot of people get awarded them or a lot of people that are excellent in their craft get awarded them. Huh. I know that there are different um, soccer players or football stars that have been that have OBEs. Um, but I hope you like her acting because she will be in Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2. Hell yeah! I mean, <laughs> yeah, anyone who's getting in there is going to be great. <laughs> I mean, you, got, you already got Haley Atwell and Palm Clementive, you know. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Yep. yep, so she will be in that movie as well. And then we also have John Leguizamo. Uh, his name is george diaz or something in the movie but he's literally credited as movie star on imdb yeah, <laughs> yeah he is too on wikipedia um 
Well, first, I want to shout out Hong Chow, who plays Elsa, the number two, because she's also in The Whale, and she's and she's also in the second episode of Poker Face from Ryan Johnson. Um, she's just fucking amazing. Check out everything with her. I need to. Um, yeah, she's also in um, The Watchman, Bojack Horseman. Um, looks like an episode of CSI. Uh, episode of NCIS. Saving the best for your last. Mother. Oh, shit. Wait, How what? I Met Your Mother. What? She was in Perfect Week in the episode of How I Met Your Mother. She was uh, Cook oh. Poe. Oh, okay. I was, well, Perfect Week. I know the plot of Perfect Week. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Uh, I think you're being, uh, I think you were giving How I Met Your Mother more credit than it deserves with that pronunciation, good sir. Because I'm seeing on IMDb that she, it looks like Cook Poo. <laughs> P.U. <laughs> oh, see, I thought P.U. I thought, it, I, I, because I thought, it, yeah, okay. So maybe. I, I, I haven't seen the pictures of her, but I'm knowing how I met your mother. I've watched it like seven times all the way through. I'm pretty sure it's got to be Cook Poo. <laughs> um, oh, yo, no. Oh, she was my also in- God. I just saw the screenshot of her, and yeah, they her name's Cook Poo. She's she's not a chef; she's a student. And uh, wow, I haven't watched How I Met Your Mother in years, especially this episode. Uh, Ted is a substitute teacher or starting a new a new class, and he's taking roll call, and he says, "Cook Poo, really." Cook poo, you couldn't say bend over or was bend overtaken, and he shapes her out of the glass. And I think there's three times, but the second time he does it, they're at the bar, and the chef or the bartender's like, Order for cook poo, cook poo. Oh, yeah, very funny. You getting me here? I know cook poo is a dumb name, and she's there again. <laughs> <laughs> but holy shit, yeah, that's great. Yep. She's also in downsizing too, so there you go. I heard that wasn't a great film, so it wasn't bad. <laughs> okay. It wasn't, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. I mean I, I don't recommend it, but it wasn't terrible <laughs> if you like the idea of shrinking down everything so your your impacts on this planet and is less and yeah, it's it's not terrible. Got you. Matt um, Matt Damon. Okay, so, but John Leguizamo's character was really interesting to me because, uh, all right, so the basis of the video I'm doing is seeing how this can all be a metaphor for the film industry since Chef did that, another film with John Leguizamo. Um, But the one thing I didn't have to change, like, I didn't have to read into or make a metaphor was John Leguizamo's character because both of them are exactly the same. It's essentially... And I maybe unintentionally, but it's also criticizing John Logozamo's career. And by that, uh, he's in a movie called Playing with Fire that I saw with my daughter uh, in 2019 in theaters. Kids movie. I knew it was going to be bad. It was John Cena before he joined F9 and and Peacemaker or the Suicide Squad. So is that bad kids movie for wrestlers before being successful like that that's what i was ready for i was like all right let's get a tooth fairy let's get a pacifier with vin diesel uh you know something like that i've seen the tooth fairy is fine um playing with fire has john leguizamo uh, Keegan Michael Key, uh, Negasonic the Teenage Warhead from Deadpool, uh, the uh, Allstate gentleman who is also in Twenty Four as the president, uh, uh, Judy Greer, who I think was nominated for an Oscar for Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. She was one of the apes. Like she, she's also been in the Ant Man movie. She's a very talented uh, actress. Anyway, I left that movie feeling insulted for them. <laughs> because they were all so fucking good and the script was so fucking garbage that i was like i hope they all got a big check and had a fun shoot because that was horrible like john leguizamo especially with uh, like moulin rouge romeo plus juliet chef i was just like oh my god the jokes he was made to do felt so cringy so i i have actually left feel like bad for them. and uh i think 
if I had been looking forward to that movie, I would have left like Chef Slowick. Like, oh, really? Y'all bamboozled me with all these stars that I love, and I wanted to enjoy this movie, and this is a total waste of time. Um, <laughs> so I just Googled real quick um, um, because we haven't talked about Ray Fiennes yet, who is the main main person in the movie the main draw yeah <laughs> who's who's never been in any any movie you've ever heard of he's never been in that movie he's got a promising career yeah but he, he does not have an obe um which ha, i thought was kind dunked. of <laughs> get dunked done <laughs> um yeah you but, have a problem <laughs> <No>. <laughs> So he's he's never he's never been in a movie that you've never heard of never, um, never been on a movie that we've um, Are we quit- done on this pod <laughs> that we've done on this podcast. Um, never been in a movie series that may have been super popular through the mid ninety or mid two thousands up until like Shrek. Yes, in fact, I think he was in Shrek. Actually, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> um he may not be in a movie series that we do another podcast together with um he definitely is not in any movie you've never heard of so don't look for him he's not famous (laughs) (laughs) oh oh ralph fiennes (laughs) yeah fiennes i don't know why i don't know why everybody keeps saying ray fines i don't know who that guy is but ralph fiennes no i know that guy yeah ray fines is with the uh irs Yes. That's what happens when you don't file your taxes. Rafe. Rafe finds you for being late. <laughs> <laughs> um oh. I don't know how this guy doesn't have an OBE yet, but okay, sure. I legitimately um, if you had just said OBE and like start guessing, I was like, well I'm starting with OBGYN. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what that was. Oh, but yeah, um, I didn't expect I didn't expect the end of this movie when she goes through his office and kind of realizes how he started and how what's her name Lillian helped him and you know what his passion was before cooking or what got him really into cooking. Um I wasn't expecting that to you know decide to let her go. Mm. Um I wasn't expecting that towards the end of the movie. I was expecting like her um that she was going to get tackled from behind or whatever um yeah i just wasn't expecting her to get let go and be the you know be the only survivor of this but i also wasn't expecting everybody just to sit there through the s'mores and just take their crimes and take their punishment for the crimes so i don't know that i was expecting any of that but it but did it feel did it feel inauthentic when it happened for you? No. Okay. No, I don't think so. I, th- I think everybody understood why they were there after he goes through his speech and admits that they were doing wrong and that they, most of them, you know, the older, the older couple, um, you know, I can, so a lot of them, I can understand why they, you know, just accept it yeah. um, and not try and escape or not even try and leave their table. They just become part of the human s'mores. <laughs> Um, which I thought was hilarious that did you in all the titles of the, the, of the, um, food, they have like, some of them have like little tidbits and stuff like that in there. Yeah. Um, the human, the human s'mores, which I thought was pretty funny. It felt very like uh grand Budapest hotel quirky. I think it, part yeah, of it. it had, it had the regular ingredients on top of that. They said, uh, Something like customers, staff, restaurant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then one of them was like um, sous chef, whatever brains, and um, yeah. Oh, I didn't. Because didn't they? I'm. I'm. I need to go back on that one, but I remember that one had a fade in that said uh, "Rest in peace, sous chef Jeremy," or "R.I.P. sous chef Jeremy." Yep. Um, so, but the the little things had little quirks to them, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I just didn't I didn't see that coming. I was expecting, you know, her to be a part of the last dish. Also, um, ah. I didn't expect everybody to die at the end of the movie, but I knew I knew that they weren't getting out from where they were. 
unscathed. I just didn't think they were all going to be human s'mores. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was an interesting one. It's, piggybacking off your comments about the menu items, uh, the it is co-written by two former writers of The Onion. So that might explain more of its uh, quirky it's, attitude. Or okay. not quirky, but off-center. <laughs> yeah. So The Onion, for anybody that doesn't know, is a satire um, fake news organization that just intentionally, sometimes... Intentionally. <laughs> this, yes. Before fake news was a term. <laughs> but, but So because of everything, they've had to get more and more bizarre. Um, and not because some topics they do seem semi-realistic and people don't get that at first. So as you read the article, it gets more and more bizarre at the end of it. Um, and some of their headlines are really off the wall type of things. Um, man rides camel through Antarctica surviving off of one Tostitos or something like that. <laughs> like it just, it gets off the wall quick. Um, so yeah. yeah. Tactical salt camels and stuff like that. So I don't know, just off the wall stuff. But I, yeah, I would say, I would say that this movie is satire to some degree towards like the food network and cooking shows and how serious they've gotten and how like the popularity of um, G- Gordon Ramsay and everything like that. Yeah. And I thought, I thought it was really interesting how, you know, it's, there's the, uh, what is it? It's a self-destructive cycle. We talk about like one person, but really it, it was just outlining how this whole industry um whether it's film industry or the food industry is kind of this more dynamic self-destructive cycle. Like everyone's <laughs> destructing each. I'm actually going to write that down because I needed that. <laughs> uh, my best one was multi self-destructive reality. And that was bad, <laughs> <laughs> but dynamic self-destructive or whatever. Uh, but like really, in terms of the criticism affecting the food more than the merits of the food. I saw Margot is like the, uh, the general audience for movies. So in terms of food, it's just a regular fucking person. Uh, it actually made me think a lot of pig that scene where, um, Oh, where Nick, uh, Nick Cage yeah. was telling, uh, talking to that restaurant or that fancy restaurant guy, like, don't you miss, you miss when you when it mattered to you, that kind of thing. I'm gonna write down pig as well because I forgot. <laughs> I, for, I forgot about pig too. I forgot that we did that. We watched that movie yeah. because that movie is very similar in tone or very similar in ideas to this movie. Um, there's a lot of similarities between the two movies. Now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, obviously one's a horror movie and one's not necessarily a horror movie. Um, but yeah, it has a very similar tones of being in the industry, you know, quotes, being in the industry, unquote. And, you know, just you know, like you said, how destructive it can be. And um, yeah, that's, that's very interesting that you brought up that topic, too, because I forgot about Pig and that that has a lot of similarities. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. So I would recommend watching The Pig, too. If you if you like this movie, I'd recommend watching The Pig. And then what would you say the other one was? Uh, the Chef? Yeah. Pig is on Hulu chef i've owned for so long i don't know where it might be but i know the chef show which is a non-fiction cooking show is on netflix so i don't know check out that but yeah i think have you seen chef as well no nope i think that would make a interesting trifecta because chef would be like the optimistic version of the menu and then the menu is the cynical and then like pig is like off-brand <laughs> or yeah. like niche or I, it's, just it's, it's, very... it's, I wouldn't say it's like centrical it's not the center of it but it's like off-brand it's like mr pib versus dr pepper or <laughs> uh, yeah yeah <laughs> it's like the walmart brand yeah uh great savings or whatever it's called <laughs> uh nice the nice brand from uh walgreens <laughs> <laughs> God, I don't know why, but, for some reason, Walgreens and Nice just don't fit together in my brain. <laughs> Even though I've never heard anything uh, Amazon-esque about <laughs> Walgreens. Yeah, just their um, abnormally long um, receipts that they give you that are like 
you fold five times and you're still only halfway. Or what was <laughs> what was the bigger one? C- CVS had even longer receipts, right? Yeah, <laughs> Someone went to Halloween. <laughs> same thing. It's the exact same story. And let's see. There's also who was the guy? The angel, uh, angel <laughs> technique, or not technique, but protocol. Uh, are you talking about? Are you, are you talking about the guy that um, owned the whole place? Yes, and that he sa- sacrificed basically into the water. I think that might have been actually the first like weird thing. I think that's what prompted what's his name to get up and leave. The old man. Mm. Or because that was that before the tacos or after the tacos? That had- I think he made it. I think he made it through the tacos. Like to the end of the taco, and because I think he ate the picture with him and her, with him and Margot. Let me see, because uh, um, well, well, uh, the guys were all talking about when how to get out of there, and John Leguizamo actually talked to them and was like, "This worked in a movie I did called probably a shitty title," uh, and the and the guy Soren Arturo Castro, uh, the gentleman who Elsa whispered in his ear, uh, takes his chair and tries to smash. This script was hard for me. It took me. I had to watch the movie like eight times. So it's it's seared into my brain. He tries hitting the glass and it doesn't break. And then the angel. Per, or no, yeah. yeah, I think that's it. Uh, I don't know. It might be out of order, but I think the finger was already cut off at at that point. Hmm. You'll just have to watch it again. Yeah, I might have to. I mean, if I <laughs> if I would have wrote down had I thought about this, had I wrote down the meals, I probably could figure it out based on the meals. But um, yeah, I didn't didn't get that far. <sighs> I suck at this. Oh no, um, I was talking about audience, but anyone listening to this, <laughs> just yeah, well, just a, it's just an excuse to rewatch it again. Yeah, I mean rewatchability. Um, I would say that this is this just will be a movie that you will want to rewatch at least a second time to catch everything because I've only watched it once, and there's a lot of things I know that I missed, especially background and like quick things that go by. Um, so I, I will definitely rewatch it again. Um, I don't know if this is a movie that I'll watch like yearly, like say Halloween time or something like that. But this is definitely a movie I will watch at least a second time, maybe a third time down the road. But I don't think this will be one of those staples in, in a movie collection. Here's one thing I didn't notice until uh, multiple viewings. So anyone who rewatched it can see or catch it. When Chef Slowick is shaming Elsa for not getting the barrel and he sends Margo and then Margo goes into his house and stuff and Elsa tries to kill her and she kills Elsa. Um, Elsa reveals right before she's killed that Chef Slowick never told her about the barrel. He made it all up just to shame her in front of Elsa and uh, essentially start replacing her with Margo. So it wasn't which is so so interesting to me on his last day on earth for all of them as far as he knows he's like i'm gonna abuse my power again and just start just fucking with people just do do some little chess with them yeah after she kind of i don't want to say get repentance or whatever but after she stabbed him in the upper leg area um you talking about uh it was who was that catherine Oh, was that Catherine? I thought that was her that um, that he was hitting on and uh, made sexual advances towards. Ka- Catherine was the white woman who was, uh, yes, sexually abused by or harassed by him. And then Elsa okay. was Cook Pooh from How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> yeah, well, I th- but I, yeah, well, I thought she, I thought Elsa stabbed him at that little ceremony in the upper thigh area. Uh, Elsa was watching. When they hugged, Catherine, the white woman, was the one who stabbed him and then wiped. Oh, okay. the, and yeah. she also had the idea of everyone dying. <laughs> yes, which, yeah, that's quite the idea. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, so it's yeah, it's super weird to shame her at that moment, unless, yeah, he was expecting her just to run from there and try and swim away versus 
calling Coast Guard to save everybody? Maybe he was expecting her to just save herself at that moment. Honestly, I think he's just kind of ignorant to his hypocrisy. Like most people, like he he's playing himself as a victim and he can see how his the people he wants to pl- help uh, frame as victim. I mean, he is a victim. Everyone here is a victim in some sense, in so- at some angle, and everyone is uh, a perpetrator or the abuser at some angle. And that's what's really fascinating to me. So, like, he literally performs his apology for everybody because part of the menu, it's a performance, uh, and then goes around afterwards and then starts abusing someone else almost i think maybe unintentionally or just habitually like all right i'm getting enamored isn't the right word but i'm like paying more attention to margo she's fascinating she's she is capturing my attention so i think unconsciously he really was preparing himself mentally for she'll be my new number two because she's bringing something fresh uh, and shaking things up for me, even though he's everyone's supposed to die at the end. So I think he's he's so acutely aware of how he's been a victim, but not very uh, aware of how he's victimized everyone, including like sous chef Jeremy. I'm sure he probably could have framed that as a way of I'm being merciful to sous chef Jeremy, giving him an out, giving him power when he's had none. He, this'll be the end. At least it'll, it'll be a part of my menu. Now, Jeremy is immortalized, uh, which he wouldn't have been before. And he saw it as, yeah. a, as something good that he could do when really. It's- yeah. Cause Jeremy wasn't good enough to be, to pass him. He wanted to pass him. He was his number. He was his sous chef. The number the number two chef in the kitchen, but it wasn't good enough to uh, pass him in skill and technique. Yeah. So he's being merciful for letting him end his own life. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, uh, that's that's why I was. That's why I think it's had so much conversation. Even if I, I feel the same as you that this isn't a movie that's going to be as. Uh, as remembered it just i don't know something about it when you see tar maybe we can uh, unpack that tar feels like something that spoiler to everybody for the following week that's tar will be in the next week or two (laughs) yep (laughs) which was really funny because i noticed we mentioned it early on i was like i'm gonna not uh, i'm gonna leave this here as a little easter egg uh, Tar is on peacock if anyone wants to watch it or use the affiliate link in the description um but I think that's why it's given so much opportunity to be talked about, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely different. It's got a different feel to it. Something it's, it is fresh in the sense of you don't see movies like this very often. And if you do, it's typically not a big movie. Um, typically it's a movie that may have one star. It's kind of like a passion project. And if you don't really follow that star, you probably will never end up seeing those movies. So seeing this movie get the attention that it that it did and really bring it to the forefront it really feels fresh to a lot of people and it feel fresh felt fresh to me um versus more of a niche movie i think this will go down as a niche movie uh in two three years i think people won't really remember this movie but i think um yeah i think it'll be a movie that will live on just not as a cult classic kind of thing of there are going to be some people that really love this movie that are going to watch it once or twice a year. It will be in their steady rotation of movie watching, but I think a lot of people are going to watch this movie once, maybe twice and um, think that think good memories of it, but never pick it up again. Since I feel like we're winding down, I want to highlight one of my favorite moments on rewatches, which is during the angel uh, protocol or whatever it was, or before that actually happened, one of the bros, Bryce, uh, the uh, the Asian bro, uh, is like yelling at Chef Slowick. He's like, he kept you open through COVID. And Chef Slowick responds, yeah. And he always asked for substitutions, even though Hawthorne doesn't do substitutions. <laughs> uh, it wasn't that moment, actually, that was my favorite. It was the fact that Bryce is yelling that he kept you out of 
uh, open during COVID as if that's a good thing because he's a money guy. And Chef Slowick clumps that in with his criticism of asking for substitution. Sl- Chef Slowick, without laying it out, responds, yeah, he kept me open during COVID. That was bad. That was stupid. <laughs> it was for money and not for the art. And it put people like, that's what I read into it since he piggybacked off that. And I was like, that is so... That is, if you're going to include COVID anywhere in the movie, like that's so perfect to have the two lines be diametrically opposed. <laughs> like you're saying now, the same thing and mean two very different things. And it's funny because we can connect that with the end of the movie when she asks for something that's not on the menu, a cheeseburger and french fries um, to get her out of the situation. (laughs) She's asking for something that's not on the menu. She's asking for a substitution, even though Hawthorne doesn't do substitutions. But that's what ultimately what saves her is driving the memory back into him of when he where he started as just like a McDonald's chef or whatever it was, a little mom and pop hamburger place. Yeah, I guess we can being employee of the month. I guess uh if Chef Sloak wants to be really anal about it, we can say there's the loophole that it wasn't a substitution, it was an addition, <laughs> but she <laughs> still skipped out of the last meal. <laughs> like oh god, do I have to watch this movie again and see if she ate anything? She ate the the did part of the first the one, foam? but she did she oh. she didn't eat the second one, the three little drops. She didn't eat that. She passed yeah. on that. Um, I thought that was going to be like her. When I was watching the movie, I thought that was going to be like her. Yeah, I thought that was going to be her saving grace is that he poisoned something and she just didn't eat it. So I thought that was going to be her. That was going to be an out uh, that they were going to have to deal with later. But yeah, it didn't end up being that way. But yeah, she passed on a couple things. Yeah, she passes. She passed on the the wine. No, she passes on the uh, the tacos uh, because she goes to the bathroom and then. Well, and she doesn't, and that's when he kind of cornered her um, when she was smoking in the bathroom, yeah, because she wasn't supposed to be there. So she, he doesn't have anything to laser engrave for her. He could, if you wanted to, could have just laser engraved the same thing he laser engraved the old guy. It was like I know what you do, yeah. Um, but I mean, she's not supposed to be there, so yeah, they don't have uh, advanced time. I guess they <laughs> knew that Tyler was going to be a little shit. Um, and then after the, uh, then there's the mess with sous chef Jeremy's blowing out his brain. So Margot's not going to eat that. Um, and then I think they do the manhunt, which ironically Tyler kept wanting an extra something special. If he had actually played the game and won that game, he would have gotten something special. Yeah. But he was just du- just being a simp for the food and like grabbing the bread scraps and shit. Uh she probably drinks wine there. I think she tries the foam or whatever that was. Um, and I think that's is that when she decides um the foam is when she decides to make the burger or when no because then no, during that she has to get the barrel first. Yeah, during the the foam, that's when she admits that her name's Aaron. She admits to Anne that she knows Richard, the old guy, that her husband, uh, and maybe she has some bread. But what was the last? Then, yeah, I think that was it. Before yeah, she the goes and gets the barrel. Well, and no, because she goes against the barrel while they're eating something else, right? And then the barrel, because the barrel is for something. They may have been, they may not have been serving a course during that. T- I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. Because I think it was what, <laughs> five five courses? Probably. Oh, there were also, uh, there was an amuse-bouche, which I forget what that was. That might have been the first thing that she tried. Um, and then there was a palate cleanser somewhere in there. Oh, tea. Berg- yeah. Bergamont. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I might have to sit down and watch this movie again just for the food. I mean, <laughs> just uh, for the ordering of everything. I'll throw one. I mean, I've, I was going to say, I have no interest in doing anything like that. Like super artsy fartsy food like that because I'm, I'm a bigger guy i'd rather eat my food than look at how it's presented and drink three little drops of whatever it was. Damn. 
I'd rather have that cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah, I've done that once as a kid with Charlie Trotters. Like, I must have been 12 or 13 or something. My parents dropped a lot of money and it was a few hundred dollars a person. I don't remember the food, but I remember the experience, like the how the wait staff wouldn't even let me. I was going to the bathroom and, like, a way, a uh, female wait staff was like, letting me go first i was like no i'm supposed to let you go first because i'm a gentleman she like literally would not and i was like oh we're at that level i'm not a lot oh <laughs> or i'm not uh, yeah my my parents are middle class i've lived probably cumulatively five years in my own car so please don't think i'm so smart um but what is it yeah, I Oh, I'm going to throw out one more food thing. I don't think it actually would work as like a double feature, triple feature, but um Waitress. Great movie, going to make you hungry just like this. This one or <laughs> or more more accurately Chef cuz Chef does cubanos and tacos and actual just they give you bread. <laughs> yeah. This movie just makes me hungry for a big juicy smash burger. So. I want I want a beast burger. <laughs> they have those here. I, I, I have access to such things. Yes. Ghost kitchens. Yeah. That's a smart idea. Really smart idea. I just just ghost kitchens in general. You just reminded me on that trip that I might need to take because it got canceled. Uh, I could go to the actual first physical beast burger. If oh, I nice. don't go to New York. But yeah, um, did did you want to go into box office? It might be undercut by the fact that it's already on HBO Max. I'm sure. Do you know what the budget for this was? I mean, I I have the I have the numbers. I'm just asking you the question. I don't know. I I would have guessed ninety billion, but that's ridiculous. Forty million can be one can be movies with, uh like more locations less set but i don't know i don't it really could be a huge range but thinking about how the industry would not uh green light a 90 million dollar movie i'm gonna go 20 20 million okay. as a budget you're not that far off i mean it, it was 30 million so you're not that far off i mean it is one big set and um you know the the big kitchen, the all all stainless steel. They probably had to rent. Um, yeah, they probably green rented screen. up really nice. Yeah. Um, so the box office, it's still in theaters right now, but it is being undercut by HBO Max. Um, what do you think the and this this movie has gotten a lot of national attention? It is on the list for a lot of awards that we didn't talk about, but I mean. Um, he was nominated for the Golden Globes, Ray Fiennes, for Best Actor in a Comedy or Musical. And she was nominated for um, Best Actress in a Comedy or Musical. Um, there's still a lot of awards pending. They haven't won anything. They've won one thing at Fantastic Fest, which was the Audience Award. They've been runner-up in the Georgia Film Critics Association. But they haven't won anything. But they've been nominated for a lot of things. So just keep that in mind as you're coming up with your number. I'm going to all right, I'm going to give you two numbers. I'm not looking up the actual box office. I'm looking up Puss in Boots' box office. Um but the first one I'm going to say is I'm going to say 30 million. Uh So you're going to say they basically broke even to the budget. Um I mean, I guess technically they lost money because you have to do like double with all the advertising, but uh, let's see. I just want to see what kind of box office allowed. Damn! What the fuck? All right. What, I was going to say what kind of box office would allow Puss and Boots to go uh, premium video on demand early. And it's $555 million, which is not, <laughs> not, not what I was expecting. It made $179 million, or $132 million in the United States. So I, whatever. I guess I guess that's a. I, I would imagine this movie on a DreamWorks. I would imagine that this movie hasn't been pushed much outside of the United States. So you're not going to get you're not going to get a whole lot of numbers from say Asia, 
you might get some from Europe, but not much. I would say this is pri- primarily a United States movie. I'm going to... Mm, I feel like I should stick with $30 million, but I'm just going to go and swing for $45 million, uh, in the post um, looking up Puss in Boots numbers. Okay. Um, it is just short of $80 million. It is 78.9 as of, as of the Wikipedia article. All right. Uh, all the all the Tylers of the film world will be happy because I did not expect this movie to attract that kind of box office, especially with it still in HBO Max. I mean, did Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four get any kind of box office like it worldwide? Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four got one hundred sixty nine point six million, and that that was. Wow. Oh, okay. So I found some more box office numbers off of boxofficemojo.com. All releases for this movie, um, 78.8 million, 38.4 million domestic and 40 million um, international. So 50, almost 50, 50. Yeah. Um, This is, this is, that's shocking to me. I mean, Wonder Woman 1985, all right, there's some things different. Obviously, we're further along in the pandemic, hopefully having more safety measures, less infections and stuff. So there's, pro- or even if not, probably there's just less fear because we've been living in it longer. But the fact is, this is a, like, how would you advertise this movie after seeing it? How like it's not just a horror comedy it's not just a sat a horror satire it's not just it's like and it's heady topics and and it's kind of um i don't want to say innuendos i'm trying to think of the word here where nuanced nuanced yeah where they're talking about food but it could very easily be spun to something else um like the movie industry could be you could tie what they're doing to the movie industry kind of thing um, yeah. So, I mean, this was, this is a really hard movie to, to define. So when they define it as, I think, what did I say? It was a, um, black comedy horror movie, according to Wikipedia. Yeah. Um, I, I have no idea. And then, um, I mean, like no, no offense to Ray finds, but as Ray finds a box office draw on his own, he was the head of the mm-hmm. King's man. And that movie was horribly uh, advertised and delayed to death, but that didn't do well. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy has not been in the Furiosa prequel yet, so her biggest thing is like a Queen's Gambit, right? Because she was in New Mutants, but that bombed. Nicholas Holt was in the X-Men movies, but really, come on. Those are not... (laughs) Those are are dead uh, by now. I mean, everyone else... I don't see anyone who sh- who would be and no offense to Hong Chow or any or John Leguizamo oh, or any of these. She, other w- she was also in the the Northman that didn't bomb. What's the Northman? Who or um, who was the, in the Northman? Hong Chow. No, um, was uh, DeJoy Taylor Joy. Okay, but but the Northman. I've heard so many people like one person who watched it with friends like five minutes in, or afterwards is like, I am so sorry. <laughs> like, it's it's that, a, that it's was, a brutal, it's a brutal movie. Um, I, I, she was late last night in Soho. So she's been in some, some relatively bigger name things as of recently. I, I'm only saying for the Northman, I still haven't seen it, but every review I've seen says this was marketed very, uh, dishonestly <laughs> so the northman making a lot of money before people realized it was whatever it is um that could be to blame yeah. action thriller very gory very action eccentric um and, i mean i liked it i enjoyed it i thought it was good i can understand why people don't though and last night in soho i liked it but also we don't talk about i i it just doesn't have the buzz that another edgar wright film like baby driver or scott pilgrim vs the world even had like later on had so 
Like, no offense to Anya Taylor-Joy, she's a mega talent. That That's what I'm saying. All these people are mega talents first, movie stars second. So, you know, if, if there is an order to that, and how the fuck does it make it? That's brilliant. That's great. That's, how, wait, how much was the budget, though, you said? 30. Thir- so $30 million it, budget. Shit. Dub- it's, we're closing it on, no, I guess it would be double and a half already. So doubled in a in a quarter or doubled in a half. Or so, four yeah. four times. Or no, I no, sorry, no, sorry, almost, sorry. Never mind. Yeah, I was math. I was remembering. No, you said thirty. I was like, what was my guess? Because I, I thought my guess was that no, it was twenty. So I had yeah. twenty billion in my head. Yeah. So it's already profitable and it's on HBO Max at the same time. That is wow, cool. Which would on a budget of thirty million dollars. And again, I don't. We don't know because we don't know the contracts, but. Um, I would assume that everybody got paid outright for this movie. Nobody took points in this movie, um, which is probably why, which is probably why after they got the, after they were profited, they, that's probably when they flipped the switch and put on HBO. See, I, I would bet I'm going to look up the menu box office to see when it's getting it. I would think that they wouldn't put it on HBO max if it was making a lot of money week to week. You know what I mean? So like, I'm sure if it was if it was making buku bucks, they're not going to they're not going to you know cut themselves to put on HBO Max. But I think it it wasn't it wasn't surging. So since it didn't surge, then as soon as they were they made profit, they probably flipped it to make sure people could see it versus just letting it die in theaters. Yeah, it it says and, that it opened and taking the buzz. It says it opened on the weekend with nine million. So going November twentieth. 9 million the first week. Uh, it was up to 18 million the week after. And then, and then it only increased another 5 million. Yeah. So it's had like a slow, I think them dropping on HBO max act was the thing that helped it because again, it made 4 million one more week. And then, less than 2 million and we're at 31 million by December 7th or December 18th we're at 32 million and now oh wait this is all oh domestic never mind yeah because it made 38 domestic so I mean so you still 6 million 6 million from then to now in a month and a half yeah let me all territories if it would be great if this was a graph (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh, no, it doesn't have it doesn't have uh, dates for the other markets. It just says opening and then gross. But certain things like Argentina started with a ninety six thousand dollar opening and now it's at almost half million dollar gross, uh, and that's two and a half months. So no matter what, that had to be an upward trajectory. Uh, the UK started at opening was one point one million. Now it's at four point nine. Less of the. So I think. I'm sure someone smarter than me, like someone on a film theory team, <laughs> team could figure out uh, the correlation between when it dropped on HBO Max and when, yeah, the, especially in the US, because people can have AMC A-list but not have HBO Max. So HBO Max viewers start talking about it and like, well, I don't want to buy a new, another subscription. I'll use my theater uh, subscription. Yeah. And I would... I would say that if this movie was super popular, like right now, if the budget or if the box office was 150, I don't think it'd be on HBO Max right yeah. now. Yeah. But I, I think that it wasn't a fast trajectory, so they used the time that you know that people are talking about it because it's award season and it's nominated for a bunch of awards. That they were like, all right, we're pro- we made profit. Let's put on HBO Max and keep this buzz going. Yeah, and but- also. Also, since the pandemic, there's all these new contracts that are like, if it doesn't make this much in theaters, then we're allowed to release it early. And if it does make this much in theaters, then we can't. Um, That's definitely what happened with Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I don't know if it's the menu with the menu because streaming contracts can be different. Yeah. And I would assume everybody got paid out, right? So as soon as they made money, that's, you know, the one they when they made the decision. But yeah, overall, um, I would say that this movie um, is an edibly joint. 
I would say this movie fires on all cylinders, but again, it's the rewatchability for me, I think is a major, is a major downfall. I don't think this is, I'll watch this again for sure. Maybe, maybe three times the next year, year and a half, but I don't, I think it'll pretty much, uh, that'll pretty much be the end of my menu career. So the the rewatchability kind of brings it down for me. Okay. That's fair. I'm going to stick with edible just because it, I don't, there's not a weakness I can point to. Um, you know, yeah, the movie itself is great. I don't, there's no weakness in the movie itself. I just don't see myself rewatching it a bunch of times. Yeah. All right. Uh, and you know, tar would be a, a mushroom for me. So it seems appropriate, <laughs> a spoiler for my review, my reading, but yeah, this was this, this felt in every way like it would be some niche thing, which is why I was surprised when, uh, seeing that there was so much demand for it before, but yeah, this is, this is great. The tie, the Tyler's of the world will be overjoyed. <laughs> this movie made so much. They're like, yeah, success. <laughs> good, good movies. <laughs> Watch it in IMAX <laughs> in Dolby and uh, IMAX, even though those two things don't happen together. Yeah, they don't because they're two different companies. Uh, what's the outro (laughs) Um, this movie may have been an edibly joint this movie may have been an edible but either way movies are dope because (laughs) or this I'm sorry either way this this movie movie is dope because movies movies are are dope dope uh, fill a link in the description, YouTube video essay in the description, check out tar on Peacock or affiliate, uh, link as well. And we'll see and you there's in the a link next to the one. Patreon. The, yep. And link a Patreon, a discord at the bottom. Also.